You're watching KCMI-TV. Well, good evening. I'm glad you joined me tonight. And uh, I trust that tonight will be a, a time of encouragement and understanding in your spirit. So um, all this week, I felt the same verse has been over and over in my spirit for this podcast. And uh, actually, it's actually one of my great favorite verses in the Bible. And I've often told my wife, I said, if I die before the Lord comes back, I said, I would like this on my tombstone. And I want to take our verse this evening out of um, 2 Timothy chapter 4. And um, we'll start with verse 6. This is Apostle Paul writing. He said, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Uh, I've noticed uh, over the years when I would be around somebody who they knew they were dying and they were getting ready to meet the Lord or even maybe a couple of months away but they could sense it, uh, they become very reflective. I think it's just the nature of human beings. We begin to take stock of our life and uh, this is where Paul is. Somehow he knew God had begun to talk to him and he said this, he said, I know that the time of my departure is at hand. And so the next verse that we're going to read is the assessment that Paul has made of his life. And uh, Paul is probably one of the most complex ministers, uh, men that's in the New Testament. And uh, he has a beginning like nobody else that we know of in the New Testament. And he was such an enemy of the church hated Jesus and in fact when he got converted the Bible said that just having Paul converted said then the church had rest he literally kept the entire church of that day on edge because he was so uh, minded on removing Christians in that hour and so we know the conversion of Paul but boy when he when he got saved and I've often noticed this, you know, we put a lot of emphasis today on revelation or really on, on education and, and uh, knowledge and all of those things. And Paul had it more than anybody. He was schooled at the feet of Gamaliel. Uh, he was zealous of the law. He could hold his own with any scribe or lawyer of that day. And yet all of that understanding of the, of the Pentateuch and the Old Testament he did not know who Jesus was. And just one moment, just one moment in the presence of Jesus, and immediately he knew who he was. He said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, whom thou persecutest. And he said, what will you have me to do? And in that moment, all of the knowledge that he had that had failed him, just that encounter with Jesus gave him such understanding. And, of course, he became such a zealot for Christ and, He's an author of a good portion of the New Testament. So he, he knows he's again ready to die, and this is, this is what he said about his life. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith. Man, I don't know a more victorious assessment of a life than to be able to say that. And I think that's why when my time comes, 
uh, I would love that to be written about me, that I fought a good fight, and that all of us can say we uh, kept the faith and we finished the course. So I want to talk about this verse tonight, and um, this verse has three things. He said, I fought, I have finished, and I have kept. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about the first part of this verse when Paul said this. He said, I have fought a good fight. He starts this verse out by saying I. He's speaking of himself. Um, this is one of the problems for a lot of believers in this hour. They can't fight the enemy on their own. If, if it's up to them, they're going to lose. They have to have all of this surrounding help and all of these strong people around them. God wants you to get to a place that you do not have to depend on others, but the foundation of your relationship with Christ is enough to make you an overcomer in Jesus Christ. And this is why Paul said, he said, not somebody else, nobody helped me. He said, I have, it's me. Listen, it's up to you to make the decision whether you're going to live for God or not. It's up to you whether you have a prayer life. It's up to you whether you read the Word of God, whether you go to church, whether you're going to be righteous and dedicated. It's, there's no proxy. Nobody can stand in proxy for you. This is how God sets it up. You have to make that decision, and Paul did that. And so he said, I have, I have fought the fight. And this is, the, this is what the word fought means. I have labored fervently. And he said, it literally means I have moved the influence of the mind. And after uh, serving the Lord for 58 years, I can tell you this, that the area that the enemy is going to come after you the most is right here. This is why in Corinthians it says we have to cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bringing in captivity every thought, every thought. And we're in a season, listen, when uh, this, is how I, this is how I deal with the enemy. I cannot stop the enemy putting thoughts in my mind, but I can tell you this, we are going to stop it right there. And we declare in the name of the Lord that we're going to cast that thing down. And Paul says this, in my fight... He said, I learned how to cast down the influences that the enemy would have on my mind. And uh, your walk with God is such a personal thing. And he said, I have fought or I have labored fervently in the fight. Um, I'm always surprised of believers in this hour who think that uh, serving God is, is easy. It's not. The moment that you get saved, you go from the slave of sin to the soldier of the cross. And when you're a soldier, it means that you have, en you have enlisted in the battle. And every day is a battle. Every day is a fight. And this is why you have to labor fervently. The Bible says this, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man is what accomplishes much. It avails much. And Paul understood this. He said, if I'm going to be in this conflict, 
this battle with evil, this thing that's coming for my soul. He said, I cannot just nonchalantly engage in warfare. We have too many individuals that want to be neutral, that don't want to engage in the battle. But if you're going to shake hell and if you're going to see your kids saved and you're going to have health in your life and you're going to have a good marriage, you are intentional by the Holy Ghost that you are laboring fervently with a passion. That's why the Bible says serve the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Those that labor like that, you will win the fight if you approach it that way. And this is what Paul was saying about this. The next part of this verse, and boy, I love this because I want this to be said of me, and I know that you would like it to be said of you. He said, I have finished my course. He said, I've completed it. And uh, I was, there's a verse I wanted to go back to. It says in 1 Timothy, it's Paul writings to the same young man, 19 he said holding faith and a good conscience or protecting that faith which some having put away concerning faith he said this he said they've made shipwreck uh, the word finish just simply means to complete and um, Paul said this I have finished my course how many times have you and I seen somebody that started off so powerfully in God, had such a promising future, and then five years down the road, 10 years down the road, they're not even serving the Lord anymore. See, it's not just about getting in the race. The Bible says it's not he who uh, runs the fastest, but it's he who endures to the end. And this is a this is a long long race. When I was a young man in in high school, um, I was in a cross country, and that's where we would race for several miles. And uh, when we would start the race, the course was laid out. It was a predetermined course, and it was marked out by flags. And there were at times different people that stood at certain points to make sure that you didn't get off course. And uh, I remember so many times there would be those that when the gun sounded, they were off like a gazelle. And I mean, you're a half mile into the race and you can't even see them and you're thinking, man, I'm not doing too good. But you were going at a good steady pace. And I would find after a mile and a half, two miles, those people who started off so fast were laying by the side of the road or they were throwing up because they'd gotten sick or they just had no more energy because they did not pace themselves. And it's the same way with the Lord. Uh, there are so many people that are looking for some great manifestation of God. You know, they got to see Jesus and they have to have angels show up in their bedroom and they got to have all these great visions and dreams. That's not how you stay strong in God. Uh, I do believe that Jesus appears to people, and I believe that angels appear to people. It's never happened to me. And I would say most of us, uh, most of you that are listening to me, we're all in the same boat. We've not got to have that joy. But that's not what gives us our strength. That's not what gives us our endurance. It's every day doing the same thing 
doing the right thing by the Spirit of the Lord. And so um, Paul, when he wrote in, in these verses to uh, Timothy, just a few verses down, he said, But Demas hath forsaken me, having loved, loved this present world. And um, to me, there's nothing more sad than to see somebody that has served God for a good part of their life. And then towards the end of the course, they fall by the wayside. You know, it doesn't matter how long you serve God, the enemy never stops. And when Paul said this, he said, uh, I have finished my course. Each one of us have a different course in life that God has designated for us to run. Uh, you don't run my course. I don't run uh, one of the elders in my church's course or a good friend. Psalms, um, Psalms 27 and verse 23 says this, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. When you were born, God mapped out a course for your life. And he mapped it out knowing your abilities, your weaknesses, your talents, and your gifts. He mapped you out a course that he knew you had the ability to finish. Some of you that are listening to me tonight, you're in the valley, in the shadow of death, you can sense it. You think, God, I can't get through this. Can I tell you that before you were ever born, God saw that day. He saw this hour. He sees some of the pain that some of you are in and the losses that you went through. But he made it possible. You will finish this course. And with all of the stuff, if you go back and you read about Paul and he talks about the things that he went through and shipwreck and betrayed a brethren and perils of the sea and fought with a wild beast at Ephesus and hated by the, the Pharisees of that day and in prison and uh, he was beaten many, many times. He was stoned and carried out for dead. And yet after all of those things in his life, here's this little old man that's getting ready to go home and meet the Lord. And he said, I have finished my course. You hold your ground. I don't care what you're going through. Somebody has walked your course. Somebody has ran this race before you and they proved that they could make it. And Paul, I, I just love how he said that. He said, I will finish my course and the course in the, in, the, in the Greek here literally means it's you're running a race. And I thought of this verse that says in Isaiah 40, uh, it said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. And there are seasons in our life that you and I run. We run in victory. And there are other times where we have to slow down and it's more of a walk. But the Bible says in either way, we shall not faint. And I wanted to read you a verse because I, I love this verse. It's just in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 9. says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. 
do you realize that in heaven right now, there is a cloud of witnesses that is watching. And they've already run the race. They've already finished the course. Some of them have gone through things much, much more severe than what I've ever went through. When I look back over my life and I think some of the things that I went through, they pale in comparison to what others have gone through. And he said, you and I, we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. So he said, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us. And this is why I gave you this verse. He said, let you and me run with patience the race that is set before us. Uh, I'm not, I don't know, you know, it, probably in the last hundred years, uh, if it's ever been more difficult uh, to be a believer, because one of the things that we deal with in America today, and probably in, in, in other nations, those of you who are watching, is uh, we're in a time where we want instant gratification. Church is set up that way many, many times. Uh, a lot of your mega churches, 45 minutes, and it's just it's just geared to the emotions, and we want instant gratification. But the writer here in Hebrews said this. He said, you're going to have to learn when you're on the course to lay aside not just the sin. It's not the sin, I think, that trips most of us up. I think that we're strong enough in God that we've gotten past that. But there are times that just life puts weights on us, slows us down, takes our energy, steals our virtue. And the Lord said, you need to lay aside everything. Serve God smarter. And he said, learn to run the race with patience. You say, why patience, Pastor? Because the scripture says this. In the end, it's about our soul. And the scripture says, in your patience, it's where you will possess your soul. And so uh, he's fought the fight. In fact, he said, I have fought a good fight. The word good there means um, magnificent. Isn't that neat? He says, I have fought a magnificent fight. And he said, I have finished the course. Now the last part of this verse is... I, even though it's the last part of the verse, I feel like it's probably one of the most important. And he ends up saying this. He says, I have kept the faith. So I'm going to give you the definition this evening of the word kept. It means to guard. It means to preserve. It means to take care of. And if you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, <clears throat> um, one of the commands that the Lord gave Adam, he said, you are to keep the garden. And if you've ever wondered how did Satan get in that garden and get a hold of that serpent, because Adam did not guard what should have been precious to him. And Paul says this, he says, I have guarded the faith. Um, I think it's in Luke chapter 18 and verse 8. It says, when Jesus comes back to the earth, 
It doesn't say, will he find tithers? It doesn't say, will he find righteous people? It doesn't say, will he find people who's operating great gifts, great orators or singers? It says, will he find faith? And there is nothing in the earth right now that is under greater attack for the church and for you and I as believers than our faith. Why would the enemy come after faith like he is? Because in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, it says it several times, same thing. It says this, the just shall live by faith. You cannot survive without faith. It is the lifeblood of the believer. How many times have you been in a place where God did not explain himself and it looked like the word did not work, but your faith sustained you and you declared, I don't have the answer and it looks like God isn't coming through, but I know he will come through. See, that's why hell is coming after faith, because if you can take faith from the life of the believer, you can take faith from the church, she collapses, and the individual fails. It's not just about fighting the fight. It's about finishing the course. But in the midst of that course, Paul said this, I have guarded the faith. When I uh, went back to the scriptures, um, I thought of Jude. Back, I think I have it marked here. I'm going to read this to you. Jude is writing, and he said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence, in other words, he says, this thing has consumed me. I feel an unction. I have to tell you this. He said, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, he said, it was needful, it was imperative for me to write unto you and do what? To exhort you that you should earnestly not just haphazardly, but he says with focus that you are to earnestly do what? Contend for the faith that has once been delivered unto the saints. God's not going to give us faith again. He's already delivered it. And the enemy is coming after it. And that's why Jude said this. He said, you have to contend for the faith. This is what Paul understood. This is why he could stand in Athens or he could stand in Rome. This is why he hazarded his life because he understood the course that God had set for his life was about defending the faith, standing guard over it. In my mind, we live in a time right now where faith is under such attack. Um, I'm going to give you a, one of the definitions that I found for faith. It's the conviction that God exists and he is the creator and the ruler of all things and that Jesus is the Messiah through whom we obtain eternal salvation and through him alone. I'm, I've watched over the years, I, I watched a mega pastor a few years ago, um, very successful in America, when they asked this individual about, do you believe that only through Jesus can somebody be saved? When there should have been an unequivocal 
absolute statement that yes I do the question was danced all around and I sat there and I was sad because I felt like you did not defend the faith we need men and women of God what you're seeing right now in, in the realm in America in the church realm is God's making people stand up and defend the faith and if you won't defend the faith then God moves you to the other side and we're in a season where God needs you and I to defend the faith. That's what's going on right now in the United States. It's, it's much more than politics. It's about that there is an all-out attempt by hell to eradicate the concept that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He is the Messiah, and that humanity can only be saved through the blood of Jesus and Him alone. And so if we do not, as men and women of God, I've had people of the earth say, Brother Kent, you're so black and white. You know, you, you need to be a little bit more uh, seeker-friendly. No, sir. When it comes to the gospel from page one to the end of Revelation, it bleeds red blood of Jesus Christ. And I know this, and you know this, that only men and women who contend who literally stand up and guard the faith. This is why I believe that we're in an hour where the only way we'll stay on course if we are willing to hazard our life as long as there's breath in our bodies that we guard the faith, the precious faith of Jesus Christ. That when Jesus comes back, and he says, is there any faith in the earth that when he looks at you and I, he goes, oh, yes, there is. There's somebody that fought the fight, a good fight, a beautiful fight. They finished their course. You know what that means? That means that everything that God birthed you to do, you did it. I pray that a lot. In my prayer time, I said, Lord, help me not to fall short. And that when I stand before you on Judgment Day, and I look you in the eyes, and you will say, son, you did what I called you to do. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I trust that this has been a blessing to you tonight and been an encouragement. Listen, serve God with everything that's in you. Finish your course. Lest you and I not wind up as a broken ship somewhere on the sandy shores of an ocean and people walk by and say, man, what a shame. But let's finish strong and let's say as Paul, I fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I have protected the faith. God bless you. For more information about Kent Christmas Ministries International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.